Uh, welcome to our day long on synchronicity. And just a couple of quick announcements. We'll take a break in the middle of the morning, and then we have the lunch from 1230 to 2. And then we'll have another short break in the middle of the afternoon. Um, my topic today will be oriented toward how synchronicity works in relationships and in the opportunities we receive for doing our practices. So in the back, I have two sets of CDs just for your information. One is on how your early life affects your adult relationships, and the other is called How Relationships Work. These were two courses. Each one is, um, has 12 talks in it. So if you're interested in that as a resource, that's uh, there in the back at the table. And then the book that we're using today is called The Power of Coincidence. And um, I will refer to it and give the page numbers whenever I quote from it. So let's begin with a little overview of what synchronicity is. Oh, one last thing is that this, this day long will be at dharmaseed.org. How long does it take to get before it's put up? Usually uh, two to three days. So if you want to share this with a friend, you can send the link. And when you get to the site, you search for Dave just search for my name and you'll have a, you'll have a um, copy of this whole day. And then my website is has my own CDs. So let's take a look at what is meant by synchronicity. And here we're kind of reminding ourselves because uh, we're already familiar with the term. It was Carl Jung who came up with this concept. And it's defined very simply as a meaningful coincidence which cannot be chalked up to mere chance. Coincidence because two things happen at the same time that correlate with each other. Meaningful Because what happens has something to do with our finding out more about ourselves and our destiny. How does one find out about oneself and one's destiny? You start to be pointed to or notice your deepest needs and wishes. Finally find out, what do I really need? What do I really want rather than 
What have I been programmed into thinking I need or want? Secondly, we start to open to our authentic feelings rather than repress or run away from them or use addictions to evade them. Third, something happens so that we get a sense of a calling or a career or a a kind of, of indicator of what will be important as far as our contribution to the world around us. So this reaches beyond ourselves. And finally, something is meaningful when we have the sense that this fulfills me at a level that can't be taken care of by ordinary events or certainly products or possessions. What does it mean to be fulfilled? That I notice the parts of myself that come from the deepest needs and wishes are finally being taken care of in such a way that I wind up with a sense of repose rather than desiring more and more. In that sense, fulfillment is directly related to our Buddhist understanding that suffering is caused by attachment, by clinging, by the desire to get more and more. Fulfillment means I'm finally content. So when a coincidence occurs that somehow points to my deepest needs and wishes, to feelings that are ready to be opened, to a sense of a calling, or to the fulfillment of myself, and finally, to relationships that establish a connection that has a deeper meaning than just taking care of my loneliness. So someone comes along that I relate to at a level that feels like a soul connection, S-O-U-L, rather than the embrace of two egos. So when you meet someone like that, then that would be what, what is referred to as a more meaningful relationship. And this list, the deepest needs and wishes, 
openness to feelings, sense of a calling, contentment coming from a, a sense that I am fulfilled, that I have all that I need in life, and that I have a relationship that really fits for me, when all these come together, that would also be the equivalence of happiness. So you see that our topic is really about how to be comfortable in the world, how to be happy as we are, and as we go along, we'll see that we're getting some kind of help from beyond ourselves, because the other part of this is that these coincidences can't be caused by us, can't be controlled by us, They're not in the realm of doing, they're in the realm of happening. So something happens that makes a connection, correlation, coincidence, and we know that we didn't make it happen. It seems to come from a source beyond ourselves. Now we can't really define this source. It's mysterious. And the best way I have of putting it is this. Something, we know not what, is always at work, but we know not how to make us more than we are now and to make the world more than it is yet. So I'll repeat that. Something, and I use this word something so I can be sure to keep it mysterious because we don't want to control the source even. Although, obviously, some people can call this God or grace or universe, higher power. But we'll just, for our purposes, say something we know not what is always lovingly at work. We know not how to make us more than we are now and to make the world more than it is yet. So it has an evolutionary thrust. It's helping us go forward. It's helping us move in what direction? In the direction of the fulfillment, the openness, the recognition of deepest needs and wishes, and the freedom to act in accord with them, and relationships that uh, have a meaning in our lives that's bigger than just um, what can happen in ordinary ego interactions.
of course, we'll say more about that because that's a big part of our topic. So any questions about this part so far, because this is my little summary of synchronicity and what it's about. Yes, and uh, hold it. We're going to give you a microphone. Uh, do we have our... Okay. Thank you. Hi. Hi. So how do you define mere chance? Oh, okay, good. Uh, so let's make a distinction. So there's a mere chance, which would be a random event or setting or set of events that <clears throat> stop where they are. They don't go anywhere else. I'll give an example. <clears throat> and then there's meaningful chance. It doesn't stop where it happens. It evolves. It moves. And it moves us. So let me use the example that Jung used to make this distinction. He says, you call the doctor, a new doctor, make the appointment, and ask for the address. He says, I'm at 492 Bergenstrasse. Okay? Then you call the bus company and say, which bus will get me to Bergenstrasse? It'll be number 492. When you get on the bus, they hand you a receipt. And this receipt is 492. This is mere chance because that doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything for you. It just so happens that the number was the same. Everybody follow? Now, you... <coughs> You meet someone at a party, and this person becomes the great love of your life. Well, you met this person by chance, because by chance you happened to go to this party that you didn't really want to go to, but uh, you just thought, uh, oh, I may as well, I haven't got anything better to do. And at this party, uh, across the crowded room <laughs> on the enchanted evening, you meet just the person who seems just right for you, and she will give you a run for your money. So when all that comes together, it's certainly meaningful. So it went somewhere, and that's the basic difference. So in both cases, it happens by chance. But on this meaningful side, it feels, it doesn't feel like chance. It feels like something came together from beyond myself that moved me in this direction. Whereas you don't get that feeling from the numbers. You don't feel like, oh, it says 492, well, that's moving me. It doesn't have that feeling. It just has feeling of pure coincidence. Hold it one sec. 
So that's how I would distinguish. How do you distinguish um, self something that starts with a self-destructive pattern, something happens, da-da-da-da-da, over and over again? So how, do you, how does that fit into synchronicity or coincidence? What would be an example? Things that have to do with, like, addiction. Okay. Uh, addiction isn't usually thought of as related to synchronicity. It, that's Just that's a, a repetition. Okay. All right. Thank you. More than a coincidence. The coincidence in, in addiction would be, um, let's, let's use this example, and this is a perfect example of synchronicity. Um, let's say you have an alcohol problem, and this person that you met at the party uh, also had a problem, but she is now part of the 12-step program. And she brings you along, and you get with the program. So what's happened is you've, you've been moved toward recovery that is a meaningful coincidence that you just happen to meet someone who was herself recovered, who understands your addiction, and who helped you move out of it. Uh, who, where is the microphone? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, how do you uh, distinguish from meaningful coincidence and manifestation, like actually manifesting something? Because I feel in my life that I've uh, manifested things and through the power of my intention and my will and it can sometimes lead because you said there is no control or um, causation but I feel that I do have a, a direct impact upon what happens to me in my life through meaningful coincidence but also manifestations of that meaningful coincidence. Yes, that, that fits. She's saying one could have a strong intention and manifest something. For instance, the man who met the woman in recovery might have been at some level no longer very pleased with his drinking and uh, his mind has been moving in the direction of how do I get out of this? And uh, even that low level of intention could manifest something we don't want to sound superstitious, but um, I think you're bringing up an important point. We can't control, but we can place an intention that could lead somewhere. Oh, let me get somebody else that hasn't asked. Uh, pardon? I just want to do a follow-up. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> On the idea of chance. So I just want a very quick um, example or experience. So I'm sitting on a train in Chicago, in a subway, and I'm reading a historic novel, rather obscure one, uh, covers not seen, and I'm reading a paragraph that has a, that has a reference to Darwin. And two people are standing 10 feet from me, we, we have no contact whatsoever, and literally, in the conversation between the two of them, one of them basically says the same exact line that I've just read in the book. Mm. This like, happened I mean, to exact. you. This happened to me, 
Right. Not a quote from Darwin. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> you talk about meaningful. I mean, the meaningfulness for me, it, it felt psychic. I, I don't know any other way to describe it. I, I don't know that I can simply say that's mere chance, but I don't. That's the kind of yeah, thing I'm trying like to understand. Somewhere in between. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Oh, all right. Okay. Uh. Your comment on somebody who does find the repetition of 492 very profound, uh-huh. um, perhaps someone who begins to feel that there's some kind of movement afoot, um, more on the level of a paranoiacal uh, a feeling that uh, how is it possible <laughs> that this happening, they must be following me and planting 492s uh, all over the place. Um, I, I, I know some people like that. I'm not that way. <laughs> so that would be the synchronicity gone wrong. All right. I just had a comment in terms of chance and manifestation. Um, yeah. It's a quote, and it may be uh, Carde Brisson, the photographer, but it's chance favors the prepared mind. Um, mm. Just that came to yes. mind. If you're ready for that chance to happen, right. it, it's more likely. It's not exactly Yeah, placing that intention. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up about the manifestation because I hadn't given that much thought, but I want to keep thinking about it. Because it's an interesting statement since it isn't really control, it's intention. That's a correlative of it. Yeah. Um, Whenever I've thought about synchronicity, I always associate it with repetition. And... Uh um, I noticed when you gave the example of the mere chance, it was an example of lots of repetition mm-hmm. with the 492, whereas um, the more the meaningful, uh, meaningful chance, uh, the example of meeting somebody at a party uh, that you fall in love with or somebody taking you to a 12-step program, there um, maybe wasn't the same level of repetition there. And I'm wondering if I'm... Uh, misinterpreting the idea of meaningful coincidence or if repetition does play, if you consider it to play a large role in that also? Yes. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because it's basically um, about a series or a single event. So let's say a series... um, series of losses all in the same two months my partner leaves me my mother dies and my job is in jeopardy so somehow these this series of losses certainly meaningful coincidences. This would be an example of synchronicity. I didn't make any of this happen. It simply happened. And within 
these losses is uh, some type of message to me having to do with letting go. So sometimes the synchronicity happens in a stream of similar events that uh, tell you something about what the next step might be on your journey. It doesn't tell you how to take the step, but it certainly points you in this direction. Um, This would include um, dreams... For instance, you have a dream of having lost something. So it's not only actual events. It could be in the form of dreams or realizations or intuitions. But somehow within all of this could be the message of letting go. We can't ever say for sure, but it's certainly... In the example I gave, it certainly fits that if I'm going to accept the things I cannot change and thereby have serenity, then uh, the series of example of the series of losses I gave give me some information about letting go rather than getting back in control or trying to make everything different. It's almost as if, at times, there's another force at work, as I gave in the uh, example, in the statement before, something is at work. I'm thinking that what is at work, this force that is at work, has a loving intent. But this is only my own opinion. And uh, when you hear in the Uh, Star Wars call upon the force Uh, the advice is you have more going for you than the uh, skill that you gained when you practice using the sword there's something more your victory does not depend only on how much skill you have and how much courage you built up. There is something else that wants you to win so that the forces of good can help the galaxy is the concept in the film. But um, it's really archetypally meaningful because what they're saying is there's something wanting to help you and it's too mysterious to name. And I want to make one other point which I just realized recently actually. You see in the Star Wars the force is always this this mysterious courage building and skill building and victory producing event. But let's take one other example, because I think this makes a very interesting point. You see, the force is um, 
Let me place it in the heroic journey story. Heroic journey is the story that is universally told at all times and in all cultures. In this story, a man or woman begins somewhere, you begin at home, and goes through a series of struggles in an attempt to find something important, such as himself, or a treasure, or a partner. And once having gone through these struggles and finding what he or she was looking for, now he or she has achieved his destiny. And then brings back the wonderful gift of enlightenment and strength and realization to his original home. So it's a circle. So you go from home through the struggles back home, like baseball, <laughs> not like football. Not, it's not from goal to goal. It's from home back to home. So, in the struggle phase, you meet up with two kinds of characters, and this will be in all stories. Some of the characters assist you. Assist you in what? In reaching your goal. So they're called the assisting forces. You also meet characters who afflict you, try to prevent you from reaching the goal. They're called the afflicting forces. And they're both male and female. Oh, and often they're animals. So now let's take a simple example. And this is the point I'm making. In The Wizard of Oz, she, Dorothy, who has left home, going through a series of struggles toward uh, an important realization, which will be, you had the power in you all along, that will be the realization. But she does meet the three assisting forces, which are the scarecrow, the tin man, and the lion. Here's the interesting point. The three assisting forces are even more wounded than she. This is such an important point. She did not meet three rugby players. <laughs> they would have ended the film in five minutes. They would have yanked every one of those monkeys out of the sky got rid of the witch, and the story's over. She didn't meet that, those kind of people. She met people who were very, uh, they have missing parts. They needed her help, but they did help her. So this helps us see that the story, all of which is an archetype 
a common theme in the human psyche, not just in the story, not just in the stories that we hear, but this is about ourselves, our own life journey, that the help we receive from all the people that we've met in the course of life who were wounded and damaged and limited, just like ourselves, they're still wonderful assisting forces. And we appreciate them. And even further, this shows that some type of larger force or grace was actually coming through them that's what actually helped you. A grace, a power, a force came through the wounded ones. The ones with all the holes in them that could somehow let the light through. So it's an appreciation of uh, a power at work that wants to help us and the fact that the help comes from the most unlikely quarter. And of course, we've been the assisting forces for other people. And we too are wounded and limited. As far as the afflicting forces, they seem so powerful and so overwhelming. Ultimately, they serve to build your strength. They help make you stronger because you have to build up the power to face them. Everybody follow? So, the, the synchronous events that occur have something to do with moving us off of home plate to go around the bases and work through something and then come back empowered, enlightened, all the words that we use that represent something that seems beyond ourselves. But actually, uh, it's something that wants to come to us. And in the course of all this, we will be helped Synchronicity is one of the assisting forces. So we place it right here. And at times it's one of the afflicting forces. I had a terrible accident and because of this accident I wound up being disabled, but because I was disabled this way I uh, started a whole program that's helping children all over the world who have this same disability. So somehow what was afflicting me actually helped me. I was fired from a job and as a result I went out and worked for myself and this led me to a whole new series of opportunities. So sometimes the synchronicity will be negative an afflicting force, and sometimes positive, an assisting force. But in both instances, like in the story, it can make you stronger. 
And obviously relationships would be in this same category because the, the, the partner with whom you have such conflicts who seems to be an afflicting force in your life is actually pointing you to important information about yourself and about your tolerance and about your trigger points. You're gaining a lot of important information. I'll come back more in detail about that. So other questions? Yeah. So um, is there a role or what is the role <coughs> as your sort of a participant in this synchronicity of bringing an awareness or consciousness to what's happening and thereby um, reaping more or seeing more or doing more as a result of that. I mean, in other words, you know, you're in a, you're in a situation which is these elements of synchronicity are all happening, but you're not just the participant in it. In a way, you're the observer as well. And as an observer, you bring, you know, a higher level of awareness or consciousness to, to this. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, I, can you give an example of what you mean? Because well, I'm not quite getting it. Okay. In other words, um, uh, you, um, you have a number of uh, events that happen sequentially that, that uh, lead you to uh, uh, you know, a, new, um, a new endeavor. And your your um, and these events have are, are linked are are part of this notion of synchronicity. But you notice these events as they're happening, and you in this endeavor, and you 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 may ask a question. So what is this really about? I mean, you 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 don't just kind of flow with it. You step back from it, and uh, and 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 then thereby, perhaps. Um, uh, uh, achieving more or realizing more from what's happening or guiding it in another way. In other words, it's just not happening to you. You're also, you have a responsibility in, in what's happening as well. To join in. To join in and to, br yeah, to bring, yeah. Well, you stated it very well, and I would see it that way. He's saying you don't just stand by and watch these synchronicities unfold. You find a way to join in the process. I think that would be a very healthy and spiritually powerful way to enter it. Good. So let's, uh, by the way, I wanted to use one other example uh, because I know there are some people in here who are therapists that you will often have just the client who helps you see some of your own stuff. We do have our own stuff. Um, and I find that very fascinating. Because sometimes the, the client says things that sound like, oh, this is what I would say if I were in therapy. And it's, it's more than just transference. It's, it's as if the universe was presenting you with the people who help you do the work better because you're, you will now process and work through your own issue. But um, 
let's go on. We'll, we'll come back to other questions as we go along. But I want to go on to um, connect this more to relationships. So I'm on page 27 at the bottom <coughs> of my book, The Power of Coincidence. Past events and childhood relationships register in our psyches with the laconic vocabulary of ants, A-N-T-S. Done or undone? Ants have only two words in their vocabulary, done or undone. So undone in the human context refers to issues that are still unaddressed, unprocessed, and unresolved. We locate <clears throat> in our present life relationships we locate in our present life relationships just the people who resemble past significant figures and they play their parts as we work out our archaic traumas. This happens unconsciously in projection and transference, both forms of synchronicity, since they perfectly match a new person we meet with our readiness to confront and finish our own old, unworked through issues. Transference assigns parental meanings onto an adult partner. Projection makes us see in others what is disavowed in ourselves. <clears throat> and the overarching yearning for wholeness that's always in us, is the genesis of both of these. They are useful when we make them conscious and work at what they point to. Indeed, everyone and every event in life's drama is part of the metaphor for our own journey. The issue from an old relationship may not be how bad he was, but how much I needed to learn. So we can say that, remember that synchronicity is always about moving us along. So we leave childhood with some unfinished business. What is this unfinished business? It's feelings that were not expressed, abuse or neglect that occurred and was never talked about and worked through. Events that were critical major, but not talked about. Needs that were not fulfilled. So, feelings unexpressed. Unfinished business that we bring from childhood. 
And where would we bring them but to adult relationships? We bring them to the next person who looks like the new caretaker. But this caretaker, the one we saw across the crowded room, <clears throat> looks like he or she really will come through, really will give me a chance to express the feelings that are bottled up inside, really will not abuse me. When events occur, will look at them with me and most of all, will fulfill my needs. And indeed, someone does come along, synchronicity, someone does come along who, so now we have the partner, who seems to be the one who will take care of all this for us, but since synchronicity is about the actual fulfillment of ourselves, rather than the overlooking of our unfinished business. The partner we meet is one who points to and triggers all the unexpressed feelings and so forth, brings it all up again so that it can finally be looked at by us. Everybody follow? Let me use a simpler uh, image that might help. So here we uh, are in childhood and after a number of years we will be, we will have adult bodies at least. <laughs> the physical journey from the child body to the adult body takes place automatically. But the psychological journey from childhood to adulthood requires a particular kind of work. What is this work? We have to finally look at, address, all the unmet needs, unexpressed feelings, abuse, so forth. We have to address all that when the timing is right. We have to work through it by going into the feelings that it brings up over and over again until they finally calm down and insights come through. And somehow, ultimately, we work until we resolve the particular conflicts so that it's no longer unfinished business. So this is the work that it takes to move from childhood to adulthood psychologically. Now, when you meet the partner who works with you on the soulful level, that will be the person who herself 
having the same journey to make that you have, although her story is different, but she has things to address, process, and resolve just as you do. She's the person who accompanies you through the work. So you work together. Simple example. Um, you crave a lot of attention from your partner. And this goes back to the missing attention from childhood. Now you're trying to get that attention from the partner that really was, is, is at a level that's appropriate for children. It's asking too much of an adult. So this accompanying person points that out in a nice way, non-judgmentally. Doesn't want to arouse the big ego. <clears throat> Let's work on that. Let's find a way in which I can give you attention, but not in a way that depletes me. Let's look at what happened in childhood where you didn't get the attention and let's see if you can lay that to rest, dress it, work through it, and resolve it so that it doesn't get in the way of our having a healthy relationship. Just a simple example. So what happens here is in the ideal relationship, you find the one who, would, who accompanies you on the journey from psychological childhood to psychological adulthood. But what most people do, and this will often be the person you met on some enchanted evening, what most people figure is, here I am just leaving childhood, and I meet with the perfect partner who will help me jump over the work. I won't have to do the work because here's somebody who fulfills every need. So I'm all set. So I get from childhood to adulthood and there's a disappeared middle, the part that we all have to go through. So this is an illusion the illusion that you can jump. <clears throat> and this illusion will turn into deep disappointment because it's based on expectations that are not appropriate for the way the human psyche works. It doesn't do this kind of jump. It has to go through. Even spiritually, we've heard about this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. You are accompanying me as I walk through. King David didn't say, Yea, though I see a valley of death, you will jump me over. 
<clears throat> it doesn't say that. It says, I will walk through. So even spiritually, it's a walk through with accompaniment. This is all we can expect. I can walk through, and you accompany me, and you walk through, and I accompany you. That's spiritual intimacy. Because now you're acting like the good shepherd. You're doing what the higher power does. That's how you tell it's spiritual. When all the things that the higher power promises are what you do for each other. This other thing about the jumping over, that's all ego, narcissism. You take care of everything for me so I don't have to do any work. So I walk through and you are just the one who can accompany me because maybe you've been through something like what I've been through. That's the meaningful coincidence in a relationship. It's not we were together in a past life. Uh, I finally found my soulmate. All of those statements are sus suspicious and superstitious. It's, oh, here's somebody who can walk through with me, and I really do want to walk through. And Jung has another interesting comment, which I can add to this, because now we can connect it to spirituality. <clears throat> he says, the journey with father and mother, up and down many ladders, is the necessary journey before the gate to the spiritual can be opened. The journey with father and mother, up and down many ladders, is the necessary journey before the gate to the spiritual can be opened. What a fascinating topic to look at. That our spiritual practice really needs the backup of the psychological work. Otherwise, it can be very ungrounded. He says, the door opens into spirituality when you've made the journey having to do with who was my mother, what needs did she fulfill, and what did she not fulfill? Who was my father, what needs did he fulfill, and what needs did he not fulfill? Even just looking at those three questions, if couples would just share that with each other, that would be a great start. We will meet the person who triggers not who jumps. And that is a gift from the universe. That is a grace. It'll be like, you want to meet the teacher who helps you become an A student, not the teacher who liked you so much, she gave you an A and just passed you through. That's the jump. You don't want that. You want the one who accompanies, helps you along. 
Isn't this a powerful realization? I'm just so impressed with this way that the psyche works and how there's a place for each other because we're here as comrades on this journey. So that's why the wounded ones, like the three assisting forces in the Wizard of Oz, that's, that's why the wounded ones can really do it. Because all they really have to do is accompany. And you can be as wounded as, as anyone can be and still be able at least to do that. I can't show you the way. I can't overcome all the struggles that will come up, but I can walk beside you. What an offer. And imagine how healthy you'd have to be to be satisfied with that rather than you jumped me over. You helped me skip the whole thing. So I see the synchronicity of relationship as discovering the person who triggers enough of what you have to address, work through, and resolve so that you finally see it and then accompanies you as you go through it. Opposite of see it is blame. I messed up because you're doing what you do. You're messing up our relationship by what you trigger. Instead of, oh, isn't this interesting? Look at all the things I'm finding out about how some of my needs have not really grown up. Everybody following? It's stunning, really. Imagine this is what it was always about. It wasn't about the Hollywood version that we saw over and over again, where a boy meets girl and live happily ever after. It was about who will show me and who will go with me. Imagine how adult you'd have to be to want that. Okay, so why don't we uh, take a short break and then we're going to have questions about this. About 10 minutes. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.